Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Mr. Fryer, let's go. Lawrence Holmes, noon to two on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? In this hour of the show, we will talk about the Bears at the Combine. We will talk about some things that I really liked and was encouraged by hearing from Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus. We will also get back to talking about the canceling of the first week of games in Major League Baseball. But there is a a Bulls team that's had a, a rough go of it the last few games. And I wanted to talk about that in conjunction with talking about the NBA overall. Jared Greenberg does a great job on NBA on TNT and NBA TV. He's nice enough to join me on the Circuit Resort and Casino Hotline. Circuit Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Go there, hang out, have a drink, make some bets. You will have a wonderful time. Jared, thanks for joining me, man. I appreciate it. That sounds good, man. I want to drink now. I want to play some bets. Let's go. Well, out there at Circa, man, they, I don't know if you've been there, but they've, they've got no. the, the, the book out at the pool. So you're good well, to go. Well, like they got the, the big board and everything. Your boy Brandon promised that if I come on, he's going to hook me up with a free room. So, uh, you know, I'll let you know how it looks. All right. Well, good, because I, I, I'm, I'm hopeful that, that I empower him to have that amount of power. Uh, we will see if he will be able to come through for you on that end. Oh, man, I, I'd love to know. I, I know that you guys have brought it up a couple times on TNT, and, and there's been some really great conversation about DeMar DeRozan as MVP yeah. of the league on TNT and on NBA TV. Did you think that things would work out as well as they have so far when the Bulls signed him? Uh, no, I mean, I, I thought the Bulls were going to be good. I, I thought the biggest challenge for the Bulls was going to be kind of twofold this year. Number one, you know, how quickly would it take them to get up to speed? Uh, and clearly, you know, they've, they've bucked all those trends and said, you know, we're going to, we're, we're, we're going to be different than most teams and, and figure this chemistry thing out real easily and quickly. And the other thing, uh, was I thought the rest of the East would be a lot better. And, and I think it is. Uh, but I think, you know, and the Bulls are not abstained from this. They, they've obviously gone through their fair share of injuries, more than their fair share of injuries this year. But, but I just think the East is so good right now that, you know, you, you thought, I thought the Bulls would be, you know, probably in that, that 
four, five, six range, uh, not not in that one, two, three range. Uh, but you know, as 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 you look at the standings, this, the standings can be a little deceiving right now. And this is not a shot at the Bulls. This is just the way it is right now. You know, you you have a, a bad week of basketball or a really good week of basketball that could take you from first place to to fourth or fifth place in, in a week. That's how close things are right now. Can do you think in in the experts that you rock with? Can yeah. DeMar DeRozan's style win you multiple playoff series? Well, it's not only DeMar DeRozan's style. Like I, I think him as a singular human being, yes. I, I think he's learned from some of his errors, and, and some of his errors have been kind of overblown in, in Toronto. You know, you, you, Yeah, he certainly had some bad series, but it wasn't just on him why the Raptors didn't win. Um, but, but I think, you know, when you look at it, you know, just looking at some numbers here, the Bulls against six of the best teams in the NBA are are zero and twelve so far this season. And granted, there, there's a lot of reasons we can go into and spend three hours dissecting why they lost those games, and and obviously injuries have played a, a big reason into that. But you just wonder if the Bulls, like this, is something the Bucks had to learn a couple of years ago, right? You remember this? Like they're they're running over people in the regular season. They're they're cruising to having not only the best record in the East but the best record in the NBA. And then all of a sudden, their style just doesn't look like it worked in in the postseason. And Mike Budenholzer and Giannis had to make some significant adjustments to how they play because playoff basketball is different than regular season basketball. And and I think you know while I don't want to look too much into it, I, I do think it is disturbing to say the least that the Bulls are having trouble with the best teams who are coming in prepared for the Bulls and, and looking at this as not just the one of 82, but looking at it as how do we get ready if we have to face this team in the playoffs. And I think the Bulls are showing right now. And obviously, listen, you know, hopefully they're going to get Caruso, maybe even Patrick Williams back, and, and maybe that strengthens their cause. But, but this is a team that has to recognize that just finishing first or second in the East is not going to be good enough based on how they played and based on, you know, some of the moves the front office made. They, they've got to win multiple playoff series right now. And I think if you pulled most people around the league, around the country right now, They'd say the Bulls are a really nice regular season team. They should win a first-round series, but I don't think many people see them going further than that. Jared, you work with some of the greatest players that have ever played the game, and you brought up the idea of the regular season is different than the postseason. What have those guys said the difference is? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, number one, it's, it's, it's experience um, as individuals and as a unit. You know, I think it means something to, to go through it and to lose and have that chip on your shoulder. But then, you know, there are the obvious things in the regular season, that, that there's a day off, at least a day off. Sometimes in the first round, there's multiple days off between games. And just the coaching, the scouting, the preparation is just so much more intensified. And each possession, you know, if, if you take a possession off in the playoffs, it could, it could cost you a game, which ultimately could cost you your series and which costs you your season. So uh, it just that, that level of attention is so much different. And, like, you, you can get away with mistakes in a regular season game and still win um, those mistakes are magnified. And, and ultimately it's really tough to recover from that in the playoffs. And I, I think the bulls kind of have the right type of guys. Um, you know, uh, I, I've covered Mooch a lot in Orlando when he's been in the playoffs and lost and some of the disappointments he's been through. Um, you know, obviously Zach doesn't necessarily have that experience, but, but he's seasoned enough and hopefully his knees. Okay. But, but DeMar's got obviously that boulder on his shoulder, I think, to prove to people that he's, he's capable of, of not just being a great regular season player, but, but he can come through in the clutch. When you look at the Eastern Conference and the changes that have happened in the Eastern Conference, when, and I, it's the trades, but I also think it's Boston asserting themselves, too, yeah. over the last four weeks. 
how do you go about even trying to handicap this? I, I feel like this could be a season where we have one of the best Eastern Conference playoff game rounds that ever. No, I, I totally agree with you, man. Like, if you if you look at it, like, I think there's – you could make a case for probably six different teams making it to the Eastern Conference Finals right now. Um, and, and, you know, you're right. Like, injuries are going to play a big part of it. Again, you know, if, if Zach's knee is not, not okay, and, and, you know, the comments he made in the last couple of days that him at 70 or 80% is better than, than, than most NBA players, yeah, that's true. But if he's, if he's not able to give that other 30 or 20%, you know, how, how much does that ultimately cost the Bulls? Um, you know, we're watching what the Nets may have in, in Ben Simmons coming into the fold, obviously, with Durant coming back and how much Kyrie may be available uh, in the next few weeks. Um, you know, and then obviously Philadelphia, Milwaukee's still missing a big piece in Brooke Lopez. They get him back. Miami hasn't been whole the whole season. And the fact that they're in first place, like they, they've got the coach of the year in the NBA, in my mind, and Eric Spolster, just with how they've managed that whole situation. You know, no, no, no team is able to talk about injuries unless you, you know, kind of bow down to what Miami's done this year with how many guys they've missed and how much production they've gotten from undrafted players this year. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's wide open. It's going to be as fun and unpredictable as it's ever been in the Eastern Conference. And for, for those people out there that were hating on the super teams in the NBA that were running the world for, for more than a decade, uh, well, here you go. I mean, this, is, this, this time is for you. You better be paying attention because it, it's about to be an awesome ride. How's Boston been able to turn it on? Defense. It's, it's simple. They're the best defensive team in the NBA since, since Christmas, I think second overall in the NBA right now. Um, they, they've committed to that, and I think – from an offensive standpoint, they've it hasn't been a drastic change, but but I think Jason Tatum and, and Jalen Brown have made a little bit more of a concerted effort not to play your turn, my turn. Um, you know, I, I think they're they're understanding that ball movement and man movement are going to be pretty important. They still have a long way to go, and again, you know, they're a team that's going to be interesting, right? Because as, as much as as defense is important when it comes to the playoffs, like I, I always believe that that in 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 this modern era of of the NBA, offense wins championships, not defense. But you've got to be able to commit on consecutive possessions to be able to lock down your man and have a scheme and have a way of, of life that shows you that, that you can stay with the team defensively. Um, and Boston's proving that. I think what they have to prove, much like the Bulls, is you know do they have the ability offensively to not, not turn it into the Jason Tatum show one quarter and the Jalen Brown show the next quarter, find a way to have a co- cohesive game plan where you know they're attacking you for a full 48 minutes with their full complement of players. Jared Greenberg of NBA on TNT and NBA TV joining me here on The Score. I'm having so much fun, and I know it's only a couple games, but seeing James Harden and Joel Embiid run pick and roll and pick and pop is a blast. Yeah, yeah man. I, I, you know, I keep on saying this. There, there's something to playing basketball. I don't even think it's basketball. I think, Lawrence, like you show up to your job and you're happy. You, you like the people you're working with. You're, you're excited for the day of work. You're probably going to have a better radio show. You have a smile on your face. You're probably going to have a better radio show than if, if you're, you know, a grump. Uh, and I think that's, that's the case now. Whether you like how it came to be with Embiid and Harden or not is not, is not, the, is not the question at hand. The, the bottom line is that both Embiid and Harden are showing up and playing with this joy that neither one of them have had in a very long time. You could argue Embiid ever because of some of the behind-the-scenes drama that's gone on there. Uh, now, for me, the bigger question is, okay, once you get past the surface level of they're happy, and, and listen, they've beaten some pretty subpar teams. I, I know Minnesota's playing better, but come on, let's, let's not make them into more than they are. They beat Minnesota and New York. Let's, let's not get crazy about that. I, I think the question for me is the durability of James Harden. 
through the last two years has has had to play himself into shape because he's quit on teams and decided not to come into the season in shape and thus led to soft tissue injuries. And, and I just have to wonder, having covered the Nets as closely as I did last year, how much the hamstring, which ultimately cost the Nets a playoff series last year against Milwaukee, if if that pops up again because he is putting so much stress on his body in season to do what he should have been doing in the regular in the, in the offseason. I share a lot of listeners with Milwaukee. It's, it's 90 miles, yeah. and there's a bunch yeah. of people in the northern burbs that, that, that love them some bucks. And I feel like that team with a, a guy that could win MVP again in, in Giannis is somewhat being overlooked because they just oh kind of are what they are. I mean, what do you think about the Bucks and where they're at and why they're still a really hard matchup for someone in the playoffs? I'm so glad you said that about being overlooked. It's almost like it's almost like it's it's a it's a blessing and a curse when you become a superstar in this league and you win multiple MVPs, a Finals MVP. Um, you know, we start to take for granted like guys just putting up the numbers that we've come accustomed to. Um, you know, I, I know there's big talk in Chicago the last couple of days, and I think we should find out probably today at some point whether Demar Derozan's going to win uh, Eastern Conference Player of the Month, and you know, you say, oh, of course he is. I mean, like, look at the numbers he had. Well, look at what Giannis put up. Giannis actually put up better numbers, and his his scoring numbers are slightly lower than DeRozan, but every other stat, including efficiency, is way up there. And the Bucks had a better record than the Bulls in, in the month of February. So, like, it's just remarkable. And, and you know, you talk about injuries again. And, this, listen, this, we're, we're beating the, the, a dead horse here with, with the injuries. But literally every team in the NBA, not just the Bulls, not just the Heat, have had these major injuries. And the fact that Giannis has kept, kept the Bucks, you know, when, when they not had, like Middleton, I know he was an all-star, but he is not an all-star this year. Um, Drew Holiday's had an up-and-down year. They haven't had their center. They've relied on Bobby Portis. They've made some trades. Like, they're, they're counting on Serge Ibaka for big minutes right now. And the fact that, that Giannis is, is, as, is as good statistically as he's ever been is, says, says a whole lot. And the fact that he's probably third on most people's ballot for MVP is remarkable, just how good Embiid and Jokic have been all year. No, you're right about Jokic. Like, it, it's like people, I know that they haven't played as well as a team. But I don't know that he – I think he's better than he was last year, and oh, he might yeah. end up being third in MVP voting. And Andy doesn't he, – he has not had his second and third best player. Like, people who just dismiss Jokic for MVP, I, I want to really, like, sit down and quiz them and say, can you name the, the five other guys in the Denver Nuggets right now that are contributing? Like, because I guarantee you can. And the fact that they're in the sixth spot in the Western Conference – I know the West is down. It's not what the East is. But still, I'm telling you, if you watch Jokic on a night-in, night-out basis, some of the plays he makes, the way he just carves up defenses, and it just doesn't make sense because he just looks like a you know a clunky old white guy that you know shows up to the YMCA is like you know you know rolling up his sleeves and saying, all right, let's just go shoot some some shots here. No, like he is he is destroying you out there, and and I'm telling you, man, like people better pay attention to how great it is. And and for anybody who's like, oh, the big man is dead in the NBA, no. Uh, we're going to have a big man lead the NBA in scoring for the first time since Shaq and Embiid. Uh, we have two guys, Embiid and Jokic, two centers who are fighting for the MVP. And, and you know, I know Giannis is, is not a center, but he's still, you know, 6'10", 6'11". Um, so it, it, big basketball is not dead. How about that? It's a bit of a throwback, and we can throw DeMar yeah. in there too because there's the mid-range, mid-range. aspect of the yeah, game exactly. that's become sexy again. 
No, no question. And, and it's, it, you know, the efficiency too, right? Like that, that's what I think bothered people so much about the three point shot. And, and I hate when, when Steph Curry gets thrown into this, because the reason why Steph Curry was able to get the green light unlike any player before in generations prior is because of how efficient he was. And now you're seeing all these other people thinking that they are Steph Curry and they're just not efficient. Right. And what DeMar Giannis and bead and Jokic are doing from all uh, areas of the court is just do it at such a high rate of efficiency. It's just, it's beautiful basketball. Jared, when's the next broadcast that people can see you on? Well, I hope you guys can uh, check it out. I got a busy week next week. Um, you know, another guy we got to throw into the MVP mix with the way he's been playing lately is John Morant. I got Ja and the uh, Memphis Grizzlies Tuesday night on TNT against the Pelicans. And then uh, Thursday night, I got Jokic against Curry on TNT. So Tuesday and Thursday next week on TNT. Watch Jared Greenberg on TNT. Watch him on NBA TV. Thanks so much for giving us a few minutes to talk about buckets, man. Oh, you got it, man. I appreciate you having me on. Anytime. That was Jared Greenberg. God, I love talking with him. Like, I love when guys are, are enthusiastic about the sports that they cover. It makes the conversations a lot more fun. And I'm glad that we could have a little bit of fun inside of this thing. This thing that we're we're dealing with, with the owners locking out the players and then, according to the players, being duplicitous and trying to get a deal done towards the end of the negotiating window that they put out there. So now they cancel the first two weeks of a first two series of the season. There's a player here that had some thoughts about what happened yesterday and throughout this whole negotiating window. I will share those thoughts with you next here on The Score. What is going to be your theme for the community? Nothing. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Lawrence Holmes, noon to 2 on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. Mighty, healthy, off-supreme, hardest track ever. Chilling with my man, Rusty Ghost is a beast. That's right. Even less gets down on Wu-Tang Wednesday. 
I'm Lawrence Holmes here with you until 2 o'clock. After I'm done, it'll be Parkins and Spiegel. I imagine that they will have even more stuff that they want to share with you about the work stoppage, the lockout that the owners have placed upon the players and you, the fan. I ran across this. I follow Jason Hayward on Instagram and on Twitter. Wait, I don't think he's on Twitter anymore, but I do follow him on Instagram. And he made some really prescient points. And I I, can't, I don't want to share all of it because it's a lot, but you should be following him. Jay Hey Love 22 is where you can follow him. He's got a check mark, so you know it's it's coming from him. I'll just give you the last couple of paragraphs of what he had to say about the way these negotiations have gone. <clears throat> they know the proposals they made were geared towards benefiting them significantly enough that if the players were elected, ever elected to accept the terms, it would be a big win for them and a huge loss for the current and future players of this game. Each time both sides went back to the table, they chose to acknowledge bits and pieces of what needed to be discussed to delay and drag out the whole process. They continued to make offers they know were in the players' best interest to refuse, hoping both sides could continue to disagree and that they would get their goal, their goal of delaying the 2022 MLB season. Bottom line, they know the amount of games we need to play in order for them to profit. They view the first month of the season as debt. Season delayed equals they meet their goals. As players, all of us make different amounts of money each year. Regardless of the contract, we went into negotiations in hopes of actually discussing the game we thought they cared about. The outcome to this date has been one side in the players negotiating with ourselves because the other side wants division, and they truly don't care to play the schedule 162. That's the route that they chose. That's Jason Hayward talking about this and breaking it down. And he, he goes on to point out, he pulled a, a piece that explains that local television contracts generally do not require clubs to issue rebates in their networks until about 25 games are missed, according to a source with knowledge of such deals. That's why I've been saying they want to cut off 30 games. And instead of proposing it and then paying the players appropriately, they're they're doing this while they can. And it stinks. Like all of it, man. It really, really stinks. I want to let you hear from Rob Manfred and Tony Clark, the, the two people at the center of this. Tony Clark is in the in charge of the Players Association, and Rob Manfred is the commissioner of baseball. Let's start with Manfred, uh, Brandon. Let's 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 hear from him. The first thing, and he was asked, like this question point blank of there is a 43-day window where they didn't offer anything to the players, and the reporter wanted to know why that was. Hey, Rob, understanding that deadlines create urgency, you locked out the players to jumpstart the negotiations. It feels like real bargaining went on just in the last 24 to 36 hours. I'm sure people are wondering why not over the last three, three months or even longer to get to a point where you're not necessarily canceling games because there's some momentum here. Yeah, I think the, the best answer to that question is the last 10 days. We've been here, ready to bargain, full committees, owners, players, for 10 days, and it got going t 
two days before the deadline. I, you know, that's the best explanation I can give you. So that's him. That's that's him explain like not really explaining it, but trying to say to you, "Oh, well, we got serious ten days ago." From everything that you've read or heard about the negotiations, whether we're talking about CBTs or we're talking about uh, the the service time issues or we're talking about Super 2s, does this stuff seem like it can be figured out quickly? Nope. And the brinksmanship, the brinksmanship of them wanting to play games, of we'll create this deadline and then we'll have these fast and furious negotiations that butt up against this deadline. Never mind the seven weeks that you could have been working towards this goal and you weren't. As I said to Dan and Layla during transition, he's a horrible front man. He might be an ace negotiator, but the owners should be able to do better. There are other henchmen that they could find to do what Rob Manfred does and do it better and maybe sway people to their side of the argument. He's not capable of it. He's not, he doesn't come across as a human, first of all. He doesn't, and then doesn't come across as likable, doesn't come across as believable. And I understand that there are going to be things that he has to do in his job that I might not like as someone who loves baseball. But the least, the least that you think that the owners would be able to do is find a commissioner that at least likes baseball. And there's nothing that I've seen from Rob Manfred that makes me think that if he wasn't paid by baseball, that you'd ever see him at a baseball game, which is a problem in itself. And the game changing and becoming more pliable and able to reach larger swaths of people doesn't even get addressed because we're in this state of, well, we've got to do this brinksmanship thing when it comes to the negotiation. So many smart people they could employ to do this particular job, and they continue to employ him. Manfred went on to explain, oh, no, no, we didn't make a last offer to the players. He tried to tell everyone that that wasn't what it was, that they weren't playing a deadline game, that everything's fine. No, that's not what we meant. We totally, we totally want to have a season go forward. And we, this was just the best offer at the time. No we one said believe- to them that it was our best offer prior to the deadline to cancel games. Um, our, our negotiations are deadlocked right now, um, but I'm not going to get in. You know, that's different than using the legal term impasse, and I'm not going to do that. If it's not your last best and final offer, why would they have accepted it? If they 
Yeah, there's, look, I think that um, take it or leave it in a negotiation is not something um, that uh, I think is usually productive. I think always at the end, um, there's a little wiggle room somewhere. And um, I, I think that we like to keep the idea um, that we're willing to go back to the table and figure out whether we can make an agreement. They were all in one place. And I know it's a small thing because these are people that do have a lot of resources. But they were all in one place. And now you allow everybody to scatter. The other thing that that really grinds my gears, Peter Griffin, is you saw who they like to leak information to. And the hope peddling that was going on on Monday night of, well, they've been meeting. I can't believe it. They've been meeting for 13 hours. We're getting close. And it's all part of this ploy. It's all part of the shenanigans of we're going to put the hope in front of baseball fans. And then when there isn't an agreement, we got them because they're going to be the ones that look bad. No, you all look bad, but especially you. Because a lot of people saw through that and a lot of people who cover baseball that aren't pawned by ownership were like, they're still far away on a lot of different issues. I don't know how they're going to get that resolved before 4 p.m. on Tuesday, but they're really far away. And then you have Ross Stripling from the Blue Jays saying they tried to add stuff in like we wouldn't see it. That's negotiating in bad faith, man. That's some sneaky, underhanded nonsense. Here's what the the president of the Players Association, Tony Clark, had to say about the negotiation process with Manfred and the owners. The entire process has been an interesting one, to say the least. Uh, in a world where uh, you are looking to make changes, make adjustments, make improvements based on what it is you're seeing, you understand that you need as much time as possible to work through those things. It's why we, we started the process when we did in April. It's why we, we made the core economic proposals that we did in the first part of May. Uh, it's why we remained available, whether on Zoom or as the, 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 the pandemic afforded us the opportunity to meet in person. We made ourselves available then. Uh, it's why we sequestered ourselves in a hotel in Dallas with the hope of, of working toward an agreement. It's why we stood ready for six weeks after the lockout on December 1st, ready to have a discussion. It is remarkably interesting against the backdrop of the things that needed to be worked through to find ourselves on February 28th over the course of the last week in West Palm Beach working through the issues that, quite honestly, needed to be and could have been and should have been discussed in more depth much earlier than they were. 
Let me take a quick sidebar from the very serious nature of that conversation and throw this at you. Tony Clark, voice cousins with Kenny Williams? Like, if you close your eyes, not if you're driving, please. If you close your eyes and listen to that. Brandon, can I get 10 more seconds? Like, give me the first, give me the first 15 seconds of Tony Clark. Because I, I think that he and Kenny Williams are voice cousins. Maybe not voice twins, but definitely in the same family of voices. The entire process has been an interesting one, to say the least. Uh, in a world where uh, you are looking to make changes, make adjustments, make improvements based on what it is you're seeing. See? That could have very easily have been Kenny. I mean, it wouldn't have been because Kenny works for the team and Tony works for the players. But voice cousins, I think. I think that's close. It's close enough. I also think that there there's some diction that's very similar. Like not just their voices, but the way that they talk. Speaking of Wu Tang Wednesday, I like the way you talk. So, yeah. This texture says, I knew that voice sounded familiar. You nailed it. It's Kenny Williams. Yeah. This texture says Lawrence Fishburne, Matrix style, but that's also how Kenny talks. Like Lawrence Fishburne and Kenny Williams, also voice cousin. Specifically, Lawrence Fishburne in The Matrix. Well, that's some, that's something joyous on a day where there isn't a lot of joy, right? We now can picture Kenny Williams when we hear Tony Clark talk. I think that works. The whole thing is ridiculous. I want to keep talking about this a little bit. Because I do feel bad. Like, I feel bad as a baseball fan. There's some more things I want to discuss with you about it, and we will do that next here on The Score. Lawrence Holmes, noon to 2 on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. I know how much it hurts to see opening day disintegrate and go away and for those of us who love baseball i'm confident that there will be baseball and we will have the white Sox and the cubs to cheer for my hope is that the players get everything that they want before they agree to 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 come back and play and entertain us in the meantime i don't think that you should i don't think you should wait on your joy and if you can find it in other ways between now and when baseball comes back, you should go and exercise that. That's why I was only half joking with that list I put together on Tuesday. I do plan to go to different places. I do plan to the money that might be allocated for me to go to White Sox or Cubs games this year. It's going to go to other places. It might mean that I'm going to literally go to Tuscaloosa and hang out and watch the spring game for Alabama or go to the College World Series to 
go see the women play the College World Series or go to an NCAA tournament game. There's a lot of options out there. And if the last two years have taught us anything, it's that things can change so quickly that we shouldn't deny ourselves joy. I'm working through that. Like, that's one of my things with anxiety. Like, I'm I'm trying to not deny myself those opportunities. And yesterday felt like a real gut punch because we love baseball so much. But I would advise you to not wait on them because they damn sure weren't waiting on you. So go out there and use that money that you were saving to go do something else. You can catch the games on TV and the Cubs games here on The Score. Talk with Parkinson Spiegel next. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months.